You are now listening to The Dog Father, and I'm your host, Kyle Chassie. This is the no bullshit guide to becoming a kick-ass dog parent. All right, welcome back. We are uh, now on episode two. Today's episode is on kennel training, and let me tell you, this is not an easy process. Uh, if you think that you're a, if you think that you will be a good dog owner, and you have not yet gone through this process, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Keep your expectations low because this shit is a disaster. Um, and I want, I want to preface the story that I'm about to tell you by saying that I'm not a bad person. And if you listen, to, I'm not a bad person or a bad dog owner. But if you listen to this, you're gonna be like, this guy is an idiot. So keep that in mind. Know that it definitely gets better over time. And I didn't stay this stupid throughout my entire dog raising career. So it is myself and my three-year-old golden retriever, Kevin, who's the love of my life, goes with me everywhere and is now the main topic of this podcast. So let's dive in. Uh, I already told the story of how I first got Kevin, but um, I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on the kennel training and kennel breaking process when you bring them home and what needs to happen and some of the equipment that you will need and some stuff that will be helpful. And then um, I'll finish off the episode with a recap of the lessons I learned and uh, maybe some tips for you, the listener, that would be beneficial in your process and your dog raising journey. So when you bring your dog home, it's very important that you come with a handheld kennel because it's not a buy one, get one free. You're not going to get the dog with a handheld kennel. So you pick up the dog, you put them in their handheld kennel because this is what they will be sleeping in for, let's say, about three to four weeks. And when I first brought Kevin home, I was under the impression that he was going to get to sleep in bed with me. But man, am I dead wrong. And thankfully, my parents pointed this out to me. If you let your new puppy sleep in bed with you, you are running two risks. One, you will roll over in the middle of the night and squish them, or two, they will fall off the bed. Both not ideal scenarios. So anyways, I bring Kevin home. I let him lay in my bed. We're laying there for maybe like an hour, and I already start panicking, thinking, oh man, this is not a good idea. So I bring his handheld kennel up to my room and we get them all situated. I put it in the corner of my room. I get the necessities in there, a plush blanket. I cover it. Um, I make sure that not too much light is getting in because I want him to be able to go to sleep. I don't want him to be too distracted. So I get the blanket in there and then a necessity being a stuffed animal. At that age, it's not as much of a concern that that a puppy is sleeping with a stuffed animal. At least I wasn't because... I'm not thinking he is going to be ripping the nose off and trying to tear the stuffing out. No, he just wants something comfortable and he wants to be comfortable going to sleep. And then, of course, I have to set up pee pads within the kennel and outside the kennel just in case for any accidents. And we're going to bed at around 11 o'clock and I'm thinking, wow, this is awesome. My first night and we're going to bed at 11. We're probably going to wake up at 8. This is just going to be another normal day. And I'm, I now have my new best friend. No, any dog raiser out there who has gone through this, you can attest to this. That's just not how it works. We woke up at 2 a.m. whining, Kevin's bitching to just go outside. We go back, I take him outside, we go back to bed. 4 a.m., waking up, whining, bitching. Hey, dad, 
take me outside. I take him outside. And then I hit the realization that this is going to be my life for the next, I don't know, three or four months until he's potty trained. So anyways, a couple weeks have gone by and we're getting into a really good system with uh, the handheld kennel, him sleeping in my room, um, not in the bed, of course. And one night I approached my parents with the idea that we need to start kennel breaking him. Now, for those of you that don't know what kennel breaking is, that's where you need the dog to sit in the kennel and cry until they stop crying and they know that the kennel is their spot. It's pretty much the same as a newborn infant. You want them to cry in the crib and you cannot come in and get them or or tend to them because they need to know that that's their place. That's where they're going to be. The parent won't always be there. So with that being said, it, uh, dinner is rolling around and I tell my parents, look, we've got to start kennel training Kevin. Tonight's the night. And they're on board. They say, all right, let's do it. So I set up his, uh, may, we get him a larger size kennel because at this point he's around 15 pounds. So definitely outgrew the handheld one. And we get him a large size kennel that'll fit his full size, which is around 60 to 65 pounds. And when you get one of those kennels, it should come with a divider where you can split it up um, to be a quarter, half, a third, whatever you want. And uh, we set it up to be about a third of the kennel. I wanted him to have some room. I just didn't want him to have all of the room. And in the in the base of the kennel, we line it with doggy pee pads and a Kong bed. Now, if you don't know what a Kong bed is, um, or the company Kong, it's this highly durable material that's easily washable and just vital to your success of kennel training. So we line we line the kennel with the Kong bed. We close off a third of the kennel and I put him in there and I, um, I drape some blankets over it like an idiot thinking that that's going to make him feel more at home and more cozy. So I tell my parents, all right, let's go eat dinner. I want to eat in a separate room. I want Kevin to know that he's missing out on something. And I remember my parents asking me, are you sure? Why do we have to do that? And I said, look, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this the right way. There is no right way, but I tell them, I want him to think he's missing out and I want him to understand that I'm not going to come and get him. If I'm doing something, he doesn't get all the attention. <laughs> they say, okay, I'm, I mean, sure. Yeah, we'll do that. Looking back, total asshole move. Don't, you don't have to do this to your dog, especially something that I did later, but <laughs> we're all eating dinner in the dining room. Kevin's in the living room. And I tell my parents, um, I want you to start laughing. I say, I want all of us to start laughing like we're having a really good time. And I want to see what Kevin's reaction is. So I tell them, on three, we're all just going to start laughing as if I told you the punchline of a joke. They go, okay, uh, this is a little unnecessary, but sure. And then we're all like, ha ha! And you hear Kevin in the other room start, the, the whimpers start increasing, the barking starts increasing. And I just pictured him being over in the other room saying, all right, hey, what's going on in there? Joke's over. Time to come get me. And you'll be able to hear the increase in pitch in your dog's voice. It'll start out as this bark as if he's pissed off at you. Um, it'll sound like, hey, okay, this isn't fun. Come get me. You know I want to participate. And then 
15 minutes, 10 or 15 minutes later go by and it's more of a bargaining agreement where he's saying, all right, okay, fun's over. I get it. You want me in here. You're in there. Come get me. We can hang out together. But no, you need to be stone cold. You cannot give in. You can not come get him unless it's an emergency. When when you're doing the kennel breaking process and you may, let's say maybe you forgot, oh, I didn't take him pure poop before I let him in there. Yeah, okay. If he's screaming his head off, go and get him, take him pure poop. That leads me to my next point. About 20 minutes into dinner, uh, Kevin's bark has escalated from a bark to a whine, and now we are at a whale. And I'm thinking, man, he's just really pissed off. Wow, he must really like me. No, that is not what was happening. We we wrap up dinner, we go put our plates away, and uh, I'm walking over towards the kennel, and Kevin is stretched out on one of the corners of the kennel, trying to claw at the top of it. And I look at him like he's in a fishbowl, and I'm saying, hey, buddy, how are we? You missed a fun dinner. Yeah, you were stuck in here. <laughs> you definitely don't have to do this. I just wanted to drive the point home that I wasn't going to come rescue him. I look throughout the kennel and there is shit smeared everywhere. And in my head, I went from thinking, wow, I'm doing a really great job at this whole kennel breaking process to, wow, I am the biggest asshole on the planet. My The reason why my dog was wailing is not because he wanted out, but because he literally shit himself in the kennel. And I have a golden retriever. And for those of you that don't know, I mean, a lot of dogs react differently when they defecate where they sleep. But I know golden retrievers specifically, they are very against peeing or pooping where they in their area, uh, most specifically where they're going to sleep. And I'm thinking, holy shit, what did I just do? This is, I'm a couple weeks into having this dog and I'm already screwing up this much. What kind of idiot it, am I to think that I can raise a dog? And I throw the kennel door open. I grab Kevin like he's a baby infant in a burning vehicle. And I throw a look at my parents as if saying, why would you trust me with this dog? What are you thinking? What made you think that you're, I don't know how old, how old was I? 20? Why would you think that your 20 year old son would be able to take care of this living, breathing dog? Is I'm acting like it's a child, but that's the way that you feel. I, I was just blown away with how much of an idiot I felt like. So I, I take off my clothes. I go put a bathing suit on and I get Kevin poops all over him. Poop gets all over me. We get in the shower, poops coming off of him, more poops coming off of me and then into the shower. And I'm just almost sobbing at this point, tears in my eyes. I'm cradling Kevin telling him, look, this is never going to happen again. I'm so sorry. He's giving me the look as if saying, you son of a bitch, if you ever let this happen to me again, I will claw your eyes out in your sleep. I don't even sleep in your bed, but I will get out of this stupid kennel that you put me in that you think is some kind of joke and I will claw your eyes out. That's what he's saying to me. Obviously, he didn't mean it. Tensions were high. We get it. Both of us were escalated. So I I even decide I don't want to blow dry him. He's too little. I want to hand dry him. It's more personable. And I remember telling Kevin... I apologize to him. If you ever do something bad, messed up to your dog, please apologize to them. They'll appreciate it. You might feel really stupid, but they're really going to appreciate it. 
you could even do it in private so nobody sees you. Anyways, I, uh, I get Kevin all cleaned up and uh, I remember thinking to myself, this is never going to happen again. You've got this under control. This is, this is a one-time mistake. A couple months later, I am up at CU Boulder. Kevin is a little bit bigger now. And uh, I'm going out to this dinner. And before I leave, I put Kevin in his kennel and uh, in my apartment. And I lock the door. I don't want any of my roommates going in there. I don't want anybody potentially mess- messing with him. And uh, I'm at the dinner. And I remember... I put my phone away at the beginning of the dinner and towards the end, I pull my phone out and I have a bunch of missed texts, several missed calls from one of my roommates saying Kevin's wailing, screaming his head off. I call him immediately asking, can you get in my room? He says, no, my stomach jumps into my throat. I knew exactly what happened. I say, okay, please try and stick it out for a little bit longer. I'll be home in 15 minutes. I get home. I say, screw it to the elevator. I'm running up the stairs from the garage up to my apartment and I throw open the door. Keep in mind, I'm wearing a suit and I, I run over to the kennel. I'm on my hands and knees looking in the kennel. Same damn thing. And I'm thinking, you son of a bitch, Kyle, you idiot. I, I get my suit off. I throw a bathing suit on, throw the kettle door open. Again, infant in a burning vehicle. I grab Kevin, poops on him, poops on me. We get in the shower, get him all cleaned up. Yeah, so you think, if you think that something like that that happens once to you is a one-time thing, no, it will creep up on you. That shit can easily happen twice. But moral of the story, please take your dog pee and poop before you put them in the kennel. That's just like a simple move. But the whole kennel training process is a very complex one. And even further down the road, we continue to have issues of um, Kevin barking in his kennel and me still having to let him sit in there and whine and cry and roommates getting pissed off, hoping that other people in the apartment complex aren't getting pissed off. And that's part of the process. You need to make sure that the people that you're living with understand, hey, I want to kennel train him so that he doesn't need to, he won't have free roam of the apartment so that he's not chewing on stuff and tearing things apart. And that's a very important conversation to have with roommates. Uh, And you can kind of say, screw it to the other people that live in the apartment complex. It's just something that they're going to have to deal with. So anyways, to recap these stories and the lessons that I've learned, the things that you're going to need for the kennel, uh, for kennel training, you're going to need that handheld kennel. Um, that's where you're going to start. And then once you eventually move into the full size kennel, get the Kong bed. It just does not make, you do not want to just put pee pads down there. You want them to have something in there and it's just so easily washable, highly durable, and it'll come in handy. Hopefully you don't need it twice. Like I did pay attention to your dog's bark. You're going to develop that relationship with them further into Uh, having them, but you'll be able to tell when it escalates from a bark to a whine to a wail and what they're telling you. I am now three years into our relationship with Kevin and I feel that I now have a complete picture of what Kevin's telling me when he is whining or when he is barking. So be patient with yourself. And if you make a mistake like I did, not that my mistake was huge. I was trying to do the right thing, but I definitely felt bad afterwards. Learn to forgive yourself. It's not the end of the world. 
uh, these things are going to happen. And the quicker that you can move on from the mistake, the better your relationship will be. Lastly, something that I want to touch on is getting your dog to go back in the kennel if you screw up like I did. Some things that I tried to incorporate were guiding guiding Kevin in with a treat and getting him really excited once he got in the kennel. Also, during playtime, if he gets super excited, try and get him to go in the kennel on his own and then even get him amped up while he's in there. You can even close the door while he's in there just for a, a little bit and then open it back up and get him excited again. And one of the more unique things that I did is I would actually lay half in the kennel and try and get him to come lay with me. Uh, Kevin is now three and he is, I would say when he turned two, that's when he got to the point where he was comfortable going in his kennel alone. He would go in there when he wanted alone time or he wanted to take a nap. So it's a process. It's not going to happen immediately and you're bound to screw up like I did. Anyways, that is going to wrap up episode two of The Dogfather. Thanks for listening in. And I also want to give a shout out to all the people that have been super supportive in helping get this podcast off the ground. I really appreciate you. And thanks for the support. So we will see you guys next week. Again, remember, life's rough, so get a dog.